Monica Steely and Sarah Godey. Hello. Good morning. There it is. It was there it good. is. Your yeah. first hello. And happy New Year because we didn't New wish Year. Oh, we didn't happy say New happy New Year, Year last week. We were yeah. so excited to dive in. We happy forgot that. Hope you had a Merry Christmas and have well, a happy New Year. That. Yeah, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So and that. We are, if you listened last week, we are starting a new series called Be Enough. And this is the first series in our series of series. <laughs> <laughs> series of series. Is, uh, trilogy we, of series. Our if you trilogy will. of series um, about women of the Bible. This is something, if you listened last, if you didn't listen last week, go and listen because we kind of touch on not just all the women we're doing in this series, but all the women we're going to be doing over the next few months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, we've, we've got some plans, y'all. We've got some plans. We have mapped out five months worth of stuff. This Can is, you believe it? This is some, yeah. something special. This never happens. I know, it does This doesn't. really never happens. Um, so the first series that we're doing is called Be Enough. And, and last week we talked about just briefly the different ones that we're going to do. And this week is our very first episode Talking about our first woman, not just the first woman of our series, but the first woman. <laughs> Period. How Eve better to start overall. off a series of women with the first woman being the first yeah, woman. We didn't even plan that, y'all. That's right. Uh, Sarah is going to lead our discussion I on am. Eve this mm-hmm. morning, and I know she's got some really exciting things to tell I'm us about. Excited, so yeah. Fill us in. So, you know, Eve, when we started talking about this and deciding who we wanted to do, Eve has always been somewhat fascinating to me because... Um, there's just so much about her life. You you think, and we're going to talk about her bio, but I mean, she was literally formed with the hands of God. She literally walked in the Garden of Eden. Um, with just, God. With God. Um, just some beautiful things. And, and then, you know, what we all hate her for is that she ate that daggum piece of fruit. And um, I think as I've gotten older, I connect with that more. Mm-hmm. Because I think I realized I never thought if I was Eve, I would have never eaten that fruit. And yet every day I think that mm-hmm. Satan is tempting me um, and I eat that fruit. Yeah. And so it's just it's an amazing story. And, and it's one that ends with redemption. And I think that that's what's important also is to think of her being um, she was redeemed. And I never until I studied this, I never even realized that. And so I'm excited to kind of end with that because what a better way to end her life than to end with the story of redemption and purpose for everything that she had gone through. Um, But at the end of the day, one of the things that really stuck out to me is that this girl had it all and she was still not enough. I mean, that's really what prompted her Mm -hmm. to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is because she just still thought she needed more. And so we're going to dive in a little bit and talk about Miss Eve. So I'm going to kind of break down a little bit of her bio um, because I thought it was funny um, that Wikipedia had a bio on her and a couple other websites had bios on her. Yeah. And so you know how they'll say born, Mm -hmm. colon, married, colon. And so I'm like, okay, born in the Garden of Eden, not even as a baby, but as an adult. Just born, yeah. (laughs) Um, That's interesting. You know, of a rib, of Adam, and fashioned by God. Um, She was married to Adam. Um, children. So there are only three of her children that we know by name, and it was Cain and Abel and Seth. But we know that she had to have. God about Seth. Yeah. We know mm-hmm. that she had to have girls because they could not go forth and multiply <laughs> if there had not been any daughters. And so we know that she had daughters, but several, we talked about the unnamed people. Yeah. There were several, what, what does that look for? I just had that weird thought of like the brothers and the sisters. I know. Isn't that mm-hmm. just odd? Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with like, you know, yeah. Um, but it was what it was. 
Different so, times. Different people. times. Um, but in any event, we were talking about nameless women. Uh-huh. There were nameless children of Adam and Eve. And it's interesting to think that we really only knew three of them. And not only, you know, they were the mother and father of all first, their children were the author of the first murder, right? So, I mean, there's just a lot of firsts in this family. Um, she was the mother of all, of all mankind, but she was also the mother of all sin. Mm-hmm. Um, she was tempted by Satan to attain more knowledge and thus aid of the tree of knowledge. And then she led that little husband of hers to do the same thing. Um, four names that she's given, and I thought this was interesting. One, she was named woman, and that's what she was named to begin with, was woman. Mm. Um, and that's in Genesis 2.23, and it literally means man-s, any, you know, E-S-S, um, like princess, prince, mm-hmm. princess, so man-s. Um, that's kind of what God called her in, in man and woman. That's what he called them. And then um, she was called Azer. E-Z-E-R, and in English, the word means help, but in our English word, help has a broad connotation, right? So you think of helpmate. A lot of times that comes with it kind of a subservient kind of a feel. I think that's where we all kind of get the woman was less than man. She was made for the helpmate, not to be the leader. Um, But here, really, um, and, and again, help can refer to the most simple, modest act, or it can refer to something much more vital and significant. Um, but in the Hebrew word, the word for helper used in Genesis two eighteen and 20 is azer. And it is always and only used in the Old Testament, first of all. So that word is only in, used in the Old Testament in the context of vitally important and powerful acts of rescue and support. Mm-hmm. Isn't that beautiful? Mm, I love that. Vitally important. Not just important. Vitally important and powerful acts of rescue and support. Azer describes aspects of God's character. Mm-hmm. He is our strength. He is, uh, let's see here, he is our strength, our rescuer, our protector, and our help. And Azer was the Holy Spirit's choice of word to describe the first woman. Mm-hmm. Eve was someone who would provide valuable and vital strength and assistance to Adam. And that was in a New Life article that I read. So when we think about helpmate, Adam must have been in a distressful state in order for the Lord to use that word to describe her and why he fashioned her for him and I think that is a beautiful picture of how we are not subservient like we we are purposeful when you talk about the women Mm -hmm. last week we were talking about you know women created by God like we're beautifully created by God we are intentionally created by God and we are intentionally created because we are vitally important and the world needs our assistance I just think that's gorgeous I love that and that describes the character of God Adam um calls it was also a name. God calls them both Adam to perhaps signify the oneness of a husband and wife, what they were supposed to have in oneness. And then she's finally given the name Eve in Genesis three twenty, And it's actually Adam who names her Eve, the mother of all living things, life giver. It was given by Adam, but it was given after the fall, which is huh. very interesting. And this is what I love about this. And again, we are going to, fo- you know, we focus more on their do's and their who's. Because it's interesting that he gives her a name that is more descriptive of her prophetic calling, life giver, mother of all, because she was, than what she's actually going to be known for her due, which could have been sin maker, sin causer, what, like, death bringer. I mean, he could have created a name out of animosity towards her, and he didn't do that. He gave her a name that illuminated more of her prophetic being. 
And so, therefore, that. she's called Eve. Isn't that gorgeous? That is I think really that's cool. beautiful. Um, you know, too, I like, I, I heard this recently, and um, and I just looked it up again about the Azer Konecto uh, name, you know, for Eve. Yes. And all of the other times that it's used in Scripture is in reference to God saving people. Mm. Like, it's not like, and God, like, helped this guy off the ground. It's like saving their life, like, Thou shall be my, like, help and my savior. And, like, all of these Old Testament verses talking about God, like, coming to earth and saving them. That's awesome because that really is kind of one of the articles that I read that was talking about. um, And I, I didn't really go into this in her description, but it was illuminating the fact that there's not a lot told why Adam needed a helpmate, right? Adam was fashioned perfectly. And, yes, he was maybe a little lonely but he could talk to the animals and the animals could communicate back he could talk directly to god and god could could communicate directly back and so it's very interesting that that's the word that he chose for azer and that he created her for him to help possibly not save him but to be a rescue to him yeah so it's interesting that that well it's a lot more like that connotation is a lot different than like she like came to help him and do his laundry. Right. Right. Like, you know, like she came to help him make sure he was dressed for the day. It's very much more like a life or death. Yeah. Like a dire need of this kind of assistance. They, he needed Mm -hmm. that in order to do the work in the garden that God had set before him. So it's really quite beautiful. And so it's cool. Never think that you are not enough. Right. Because you were created to come alongside of, not in a subservient so. way, but in a right. vital, we have a vital purpose in kingdom building. Mm-hmm. It's not that we just kind of fit part of the story. We are part of the story. You know, we are the story. We were, we're vital to the story. I think that's just, that's it's really, really, really cool. beautiful. Yeah, I think cool. it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here's something else about here. We were talking about nameless women, right? There is very little told of Eve. It's Genesis 1 through 4. And that's really all that she and Adam have of the entire Bible. I mean, you think of all that they did and all that they started and, and being the beginners of. We don't know a whole lot about what happened in, in the garden. And we don't really know a whole lot that happened after the garden, except for the things that God has told us. And we're going to talk about those things. Um, And while her accomplishments were remarkable, God just did not see fit that we needed to know about all of them. And I thought, you know, again, as women, how many times do we get caught up in the fact that we didn't get an attaboy today? Or we didn't get the recognition for all that we do. Don't you have no idea what I did today? I did. And we go through all of our do lists, right? Right. Um, And we want that kind of smack on the back of, hey, you did a great job and I couldn't live life without you. Yeah. I mean, don't you feel like you relate that way? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. But I think that's part of the beauty of why God allowed what he allowed in the Bible is like, well, you were created to be a rescue and a support. Is that not enough? Right. Right. Like you don't need the attaboy because I made you. Yeah. Do you really need to ponder with that? Do you really need to be told you did a great job doing the laundry today? Like I created you to have a vital, significant role in kingdom building. Like, and I just told you that from the beginning, you are Azer in black and white. Yeah. You are Azer to your family. You are Azer to me. You're Azer to the body of Christ. Like that is significant in and of itself. And yet we want our significance to come out of our doing Mm -hmm. out of, of how we contribute. We want somebody to tell us how great we are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Well, and the thing is we want someone to tell us how great we are for these teeny tiny insignificant little things that we're doing. And God is like wanting to tell us how 
awesome we are in some this huge piece of his huge story. That's right. Um, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it makes me think of how, um, you know, like we don't all the time get the like, you did such a great job folding my T-shirts. Thank you, honey. You know, <laughs> yeah. but every once in a while, you know, if we're watching a movie where like the wife passes away, Greg will turn to me and be like, the whole ship will go down if you are yeah. gone. Yeah. Like, and those are those Azar attaboys of like, which is none, true <laughs> for your family, <laughs> which is true for the, but I think in, in most families, like just that recognition of like yeah. nothing will last yeah. if you're not a part of it. You <laughs> I know? told Chris the other day, mm-hmm. I'm like, you have no idea what goes into the Christmas season. <laughs> just, Truly. I'm like, you do not know Which is true for all man, that I do Sorry, for Michael, Christmas because he does nothing. <laughs> he does nothing. He does not. I mean, he helps put up a couple of decorations and other that. He doesn't think about anything until Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. Like, And then he's like, wow, where did all these things come from? Because he was not a part of any of it. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you even make your shopping easier for <laughs> yes. him so that you like. Like, if you're like yes. me, you send Andy an Amazon, like, wish list. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Here's the things, in case you were wondering, that I want to make your yeah. life easier. Yeah. Well, so, and to make mine easier because you just, I don't want you buying Because I want you buying what I want. I spend time taking that stuff. And so I told him, I'm like, if I died, you would be up a creek at Christmas time. He's like, I will be hiring somebody <laughs> to do what you do at Christmas time. I'm like, okay, there's my, there's it's my <laughs> That's right. of Christmas time. Have you, y'all, uh, we've all seen white Christmas, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, when the, the general, like all of his, uh, his clothes are missing and the, his assistant or whatever she is, is talking to him. And, and he says, you know, I managed to be a general in the army for all of these years without your help. And she says, well, it took 10,000 men to take my place. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's right. That's yeah. right. Because we are Azer people. Azer connected. We are Azer. Men were not created for Azer. Women were created for Azer. I love that. Men were created with a deep hole That's that only right. we can fill. That only we can fill. Yes. Um, and we should be we should be grateful for that and, and reverent to that as well. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about her, and we're, we're going to lead up to um, her not feeling like she was enough. Um, let's talk about her position. So, one, she was sinless and perfectly made in the image of God. She walked with God. Her position was walking alongside of God. We don't have quite that same physicality of walking alongside with God, but we do have the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. with us. And so, yes, part of God is with us and walking with us. But it's a little different than to know that you could walk in the garden and have a conversation, an audible with conversation <laughs> with God. I mean, where you how hear cool actual words come back. Yes, yes. How Instead could of an she impression. ever doubt this? Okay. So, and then this is just so beautiful. Bible Gateway. I got this from a, an article at Bible Gateway. Fashioned with innocence and sinless perfection, and endowed to all fullness with the gifts of body and mind, and rich in external blessing without spot or alloy, she yet transgressed in the sin with which she caused Adam to sin, fresh from the hand of God with unmatchable grace and beauty of body and mind. Sin and ruin followed, and paradise was surrendered for a world of thorns, thistles, and tears. And that, that's, that's really pretty. It's such, that's beautiful, and yet mm-hmm. painful, kind of yeah. all at the same time, because there was none that matched her beauty. Now, of course, there were no other women walking around in the garden, 
But Did she great. never had to look at someone and go, is she skinnier than That's me? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't have the problem of comparison. Uh-uh. There was nobody to compare herself to. What shampoo to. do you use, girl? And I also read an article that said that because she was truly formed and fashioned with the hand of God, she had to have been the most beautiful woman that probably ever existed. Mm. And when Adam looked upon her, he yeah. said, this is good. Yeah. You know, this like is she is yeah. really is. <laughs> real good, y'all. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about her creation. Though she was sinless, she was still human and she was still able to resist temptation um but she was able to be tempted Mm -hmm. so because at the time of the garden right satan is in the garden as well so even though she was human and sinless she was not without the ability to be tempted but she was given the ability to resist temptation Mm -hmm. um it is not noted that adam and eve knew satan before the temptation so we're not aware if they knew that he was lurking in the garden but it would appear that Eve did not acknowledge the possibility of evil's existence because once it was presented to her it you know it's not like she was like oh this is evil and I must run right it was just kind of like this was just something that was just happening in her day um and and I would argue that today um, we make that same misguided omission I think that we go about our day Without saying, admitting, knowing, um, claiming that evil is always lurking around. It's always there. Um, And then Adam and Eve knew some level of right or wrong because God told them not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. um, And they had to choose to obey that law. So already in their creation, they're sinless, but they're given free will. Right. So free will is acknowledged and is shown right here in the garden at creation. Which, uh, this is a total digression, so Digress, I, we won't please. stay here. But that go- I think that's such a relief as a parent, that whole nature-nurture thing. Mm-hmm. Like, there are going to be things in your kids that make absolutely no sense because you didn't raise them that way. So mm-hmm. if Adam and Eve can, yeah. can do that with just God yeah. as a parent, like, mm-hmm. I shouldn't be so surprised when my kids, like, turn that's so exactly far right. hard left that I'm like, what, who are you? That's exactly like, where right. did you come from? And this is that whole, remember way back when we talked about the teleological exegetical experiment? Yeah. Um, the whole purpose of that was that um, the way things turned out is how they were meant to be. Adam and Eve had the perfect scenario. Yeah. They had every opportunity to do things right. If, if anyone had an opportunity to be perfect and sinless in this world, it was Adam and Eve. They had everything going mm-hmm. for them, everything. Mm-hmm. And they failed. Mm-hmm. miserably and that's a that shows us that it doesn't it isn't necessarily about your situation yeah that's right really ever that's right right you and know? what you just said about everything happening in, for intention and purpose it's very interesting because and i can't remember if i have it in here and i, I may get to it and we end up reading about it but um had eve not eaten of the fruit there would have been no need for god to send his son and to so um, humanly exemplify his love to us. There would have been no need for him to show us that love. Yeah. And so, yes, in a perfect world, she would have never sinned and sin would not exist. But because evil already did exist, mm-hmm. it was an opportunity for Christ or God to show his love to us through Christ. Yeah. yeah and to be honest, if it wasn't Eve, it would have been one of her kids yeah, right. or one of yeah. her somebody. grandkids. It would have been right. somebody. It's like God is saying, like, you know, yes, she sinned. Like, she had every opportunity, and yes, she sinned, and that's the point. That's right. Yeah. That's right, and that's the point. Oh, that's so good. Um, So we're going to talk about the sin. Let's talk about the temptation. First of all, she acted independently 
when she made the decision. And I think this is so really huge for us. She did not consult anybody. Right. She did not consult Adam. She did not consult God. She didn't say, hey, let me take a 30-minute sabbatical before I react to this and let me right. go talk to God, because she could, or let me right. go talk to Adam. She acted independently. She did not put her village or her tribe around her before she made a decision when she knew it was going against what God had wanted her to do. Right. And so the first mistake was that she, she acted independently and she decided that's a little bit of pride, right? She decided in that moment, she didn't need to ask for anybody else's input. Um, and I thought this was interesting too. The, um, that George Matheson says this, the temptation was not in itself the wish to transgress, but the will to possess. Mm. And I think this goes to the whole not enough part. Yeah. Right. Being sinless, walking in the garden, with God, not knowing, not knowing really wrong. She knew that she had to choose right, but she didn't really know what wrong was. She had no shame. Um, she had everything going for her and yet she had the will to possess, to possess more because the only thing that she didn't possess was this was the knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. so she had that desire to know what God knew and so she wanted to p possess more knowledge. The transgression was merely a means. If the tempter had said steal, he would not have been listened to for a moment. But he did not say steal. He says speculate. Mm -hmm. temptation, said, since, temptation since the days of Eden has never ceased to, ceased to clothe itself in a seemly garment. Mm -hmm. And that's so true. Like, he didn't say eat the apple. He said, think about what would happen, and it may not even have been an apple, but he said, think about what would happen if you did. Think about mm -hmm. all that you could have. Right. So he said, you can have more and speculate about how much more that mm -hmm. you can have. And so then she begins to have her own thought process. And how many times have we talked about in here? Yes. When it's in here and you think about it long enough, it will become an action. And that's exactly what happened. I guarantee she heard the words, well, I deserve to know more. Yep. Like I guarantee I deserve was part of like, yeah. what her, like, and that's, we've talked about that over that? and over about like, Why anytime you have I? thoughts of, well, what about me? I deserve. That's and right. Like that always leads to Satan knew exactly how to position the proposition. Mm -hmm. And Addie and I have had a recent conversation about this. You know, we've been just going through some teenage stuff and you were talking about how even today we, you know, we do not as parents mm -hmm. realize we think it's all about us failing uh -huh. right and she and I are sitting on the bed the other night and I told her I said you know the reason why I want you to be in love with Jesus why I want you to go to church why I want you to be in the word is because I want you to understand that what you're going through is a supernatural warfare this is not simply a battle of you obeying mom and dad of you obeying even just God this is about you understanding that you are a pawn in a bigger battle you are, you are a person that Satan sees as a threat to the growing of the kingdom. And so he's going to do everything that he can do to help you to stumble and to fall. And he knows exactly how to proposition the temptation. Mm -hmm. And so we've talked about that. And I think that that's really important, even as parents, for us to understand. It's not a battle between us and our kids. It is a supernatural battle yeah. that is going on. And, and I think that that is, um, I think that is proven by the initial temptation in the garden. It wasn't between Eve and Adam, and it wasn't between Eve and God. It was between Eve and Satan. Mm -hmm. 
oh my gosh, we only have a few minutes left and I've got so much more oh to cover. Goodness. Okay. So anyways, um, Eve succumbed to the wiles of Satan and the steps leading to her surrender are illuminating. She saw, she coveted, she took. I think that's huge. She saw, she coveted, she took. The tree was for the tree was good for food. That was the bodily appetite that was tempted. It was a delight to the eyes, so it was sinuous nature was tempted, and the tree was to be desired to make one wise, which was the most powerful temptation of all, namely, the spiritual temptation to transcend the normal experience of men and to taste of the wisdom that belongs only to God. I would argue that much of our own personal struggles of not being enough are linked directly to the desire to transcend the normal experience of man. Mm -hmm. We want more. We don't want, I don't want just what Monica has. I don't want just what Amber has. I want to be more than Monica. Mm -hmm. I want to be more than Amber. Or I see somebody that I want to be more like because she looks like she has more than me. Mm -hmm. And so we're constantly looking and wanting to transcend our own situation into a higher situation. Many daughters of Eve have discovered that the serpent is never more dangerous than when he professes to be the earnest well-wisher interested in nothing but her advancement and welfare. What a subtle, cruel deceiver Satan is. How ignorant so many are his devices. Further temptation is a universal experience, and each of us should learn from the first person on earth to be tempted, its manner of approach, and successive steps, and safeguard ourselves from a fall through the appropriation of Christ's own victory over the enemy. There is no sin in being tempted. We only sin when we yield to the temptation. Refusing to yield to the enticement of sin, of sin, our Garden of Eden remains inviolate. So I think that is such a beautiful thing. When you're feeling that temptation of wanting more, that you're not enough, the temptation in and of itself is not wrong. Right. But you've got to capture that thought and you have to cast it. You have to fling it to Her. God so that mm-hmm. he can sustain you in your moment of weakness. Right. I mean, does that not just bring full circle? It really does. I can't tell you how many times I have said just fling mm-hmm. when we talked about <laughs> casting. Yeah. yeah. And a friend of mine has listened time. to our podcast recently. So we're constantly to each other saying, just fling it, girl. Fling, fling it. it. Yeah. Hurl don't just stuff. lay it at his feet. Hurl it. Get rid of it. <laughs> uh, um, so I want to quickly talk about the restoration because I think that this is what's important. Most of all, that as women... As we struggle with our not enough, as we struggle with our identity, with we struggle with our sins, Rahab, which we'll study, um, all of Sarah, as we'll study, all of these women have had their issues that they've had to struggle with. After confessing her sins, so she's at one of the burials of one of her sons, and she's just emotional, and she's crying, and she's crying out to Jesus, and she just, because now, right, she's experienced death. Mm -hmm. She's had to see one of her children die before her. That would have never had to happen if she would have never sinned. You want to talk about some Mm. regret regret and Uh some guilt? Oh, Uh what's some heaviness going on there? After confessing her her sin, she heard the Lord say, he spoke to her audibly one more time. He, she heard the Lord say to the old serpent, the devil, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It will bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. With this first promise of the Redeemer, there began the scarlet highway ending at the cross where Christ, born of a woman, provided a glorious victory over sin and Satan. Through a woman, God's fair universe was blighted and became a world of sinners lost and ruined by the fall. Now through a woman, a perfect salvation has been provided for a sinning race. Through Eve's sin, death entered in the world, but at the cross, both sin and death were conquered. For by dying, 
death he slew. When Jesus Christ, or when Jesus cried, it is finished, he meant that the serpent's head, representing power and authority, had been bruised. He laid hold of all satanic principalities and powers that Eve's transgression brought into the world and put them under his feet. Hallelujah. What a savior. Wow. Like I, I could get emotional right now. She heard him tell Satan, you still won't win. Right. I will redeem her. I will redeem all those who believe in me. And I will put you in your place and you will not prevail. And how beautiful is that? Because his death on the cross is that same message to us. You are going to sin. You cannot be perfect. And you will never be enough until you walk the gates of heaven with me. Then you will be satisfied. Then you will have true contentment. But it's okay because that's why I died on the cross. I died on the cross for you're not enough. That's so beautiful. That is Isn't awesome. that gorgeous? So a couple of things. I just want to go through a couple of Bible verses. When you're struggling with not being enough, in Psalm 139, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. In Joshua 1, 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. In Proverbs 4.23, be careful what you think. Your thoughts run your life. In 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Mm-hmm. So you can always go to the word. The word will always speak the truth, and the truth will always set you free. And um, I think we just have to, I think, again, we can connect with this more than you would have ever thought we could connect with this. Yeah. But just remember, the cross exists for you're not enough. I mm-hmm. love it. That is beautiful. I love it. If there's any points that you did not get a chance to get to, we can include them in the show notes. Yeah, I will have more stuff in the show notes. I'm going to put all of the notes in here. There are a couple of the articles that I went that I would strongly encourage you to go and read because they are fantastic. We're going to have some practical applications we'll talk about on another recording, one of our videos. Um, But we'll have practical applications in there. Um, So, yeah, I know we kind of flew through that, but there's some beautiful nuggets of truth in there. Be enough. Be enough. Will you pray for us? Yeah. Heavenly Father, we cannot thank you enough for your continual outpouring of love, even in our darkest times, even through our greatest trials and our greatest sins. Thank you for always providing us a way out, for providing us redemption, for providing us um, love and support. Remind us in our day-to-day lives to be a rescue and a support to the body, to our families, to our loved ones. And we just pray that you will uh, be with us the rest of this week. Amen. Amen.